are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now, Psalms 107, verse 20, says God sent his word and healed them. Now listen to it. God sent his word and healed them and delivered them. Didn't say God sent his word to heal them. He sent his word and healed them. Sounds like God believes it worked. Isn't that right? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. His word was sent. But you see, if we don't believe in the integrity of God's word and get that hidden in our hearts, if we don't speak his word, if we don't speak the promise, then faith doesn't come. So there are many reasons that we could state, and of course we could state many of them, and still not get all the reasons why that People suffer sickness even though that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He's redeemed us from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Turn with me to Proverbs. There's a passage there that'll add some light to this in the 26th chapter. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 2. As the bird by wandering... And as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. In other words, there's got to be a reason for it. Now, you don't have to answer me out loud or raise your hand or anything, but how many of you have noticed that when you get in strife with someone and you walk out of love, have you noticed that it won't be hardly 24 hours before you'll come down with something? A cold, a sore throat, or something? If you haven't noticed it, start noticing it. The curse causeless shall not come. You remember Jesus, I think it was the fifth chapter of John, where the man at the pool of Bethesda, he got him healed. The old boy took up his bed and started home. The Jews got awful upset because he's carrying his bed on the wrong day. And he said, well, the man that healed me told me to carry my bed. And they said, well, who was the man? I can just see him set his bed down, lean up against that bed and go to thinking, scratching his head. And he said, you know, for the life of me, I don't know who that guy was. Now, I want you to get this. Here's a man that's been bedfast all these years. Some guy walks up to him. He don't know him from Adam's old fox. And he says, rise, take up your bed and go home. And he gathers up his bed and goes home. Now, when Jesus found him later in the temple, Jesus said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. The curse causeless shall not come. Now, these things are not given to you because God is not the perpetrator of sickness because you sin. But sin brings sickness. Now, you need to understand that. I think there's been a very... Bad misunderstanding of the things that happen to people down through the years. And if you're not careful, you get the attitude, if I miss it, God's going to slap me down and he's going to give me cancer or something. No, God's not going to give you cancer. Where would he get it? He doesn't have any. There's no sickness in heaven. How in the world could sickness come from heaven? There's not any there. 
what we need to realize is that sin brings sickness and disease. Worry is a sin. It'll make you sick. God didn't have a thing to do with it. And you open the door to the devil when you walk out of love and when you get in strife and when you do things that are knowingly wrong. I've noticed that many times it is harder to get a Christian healed that is walking in known sin than a raw sinner out here that's just drinking and carousing and doing everything under the sun, you know, and knows he's not right with God. You can get him healed quicker than you can a Christian that knows he's walking in sin and won't repent. See, the curse causeless will not come. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody that's sick, well, now, you know, they've sinned. I'm telling you reasons why that people suffer the curse and sickness, even though we're redeemed from it. So don't start trying to judge why so-and-so had this or so-and-so had that. Sometimes you just plain abuse your body. Now, you can't just go day and night without sleep and without eating properly. If you do, you're going to be sick. And don't blame it on God. He didn't have a thing to do with it. You open the door to the devil. You allow your system to run down, you see. So for the people that say, well, you know, if we were redeemed from the curse, nobody would ever be sick. Or if we're redeemed from the curse, nobody would ever be poor. Well, you know, we can look into the Word of God and get some light on that. In John's Gospel, the 8th chapter, Jesus gives us some insight to it when he says, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, there's some things that people do sometimes that makes them sick, like fretting and worrying. And, and I'll tell you that worrying is a subtle thing. It'll get its ugly claws on you, and you won't even realize you're worrying. But if you will go to the Word of God and begin to study the Word, it'll paint a picture of what you're doing. Because when the Apostle Paul in Philippians, the fourth chapter, says, With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Then he says, Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are good, pure, perfect, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now that'll make you healthy. But if you're going to think on all the bad things, and if you're going to dwell on what you don't have, you're probably going to be sick. See, everyone wants that peace of God that passes understanding, but they're not willing to do what he said to do to get it. So Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the knowledge of that truth will set you free. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 8, says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, you always have some people saying, well, now, you know, I know, Brother Caps, that it says we're redeemed from the curse, but it's not always God's will to heal. Well, then Jesus was confused. And the Bible was confused, and Paul was confused when he said Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because Jesus healed the sick wherever he found them. Now, somebody always saying, well, what about Hezekiah? What about Hezekiah? 
God sent the prophet Isaiah to Hezekiah and said, Get your house in order, you're going to die. And the old boy just turned his face to the wall and he began to pray and began to change his position before God. Before Isaiah got out of his house, the Lord said, Go back and tell him I'm giving 15 more years. Now here's a point that I want to drive home because I think there's some real misunderstanding along this line. When we say that it is always God's will to heal the sick, that's true. You can't show me a scripture in the Bible that would prove otherwise. Now, it is ultimately God's will for the sick to be well. But yet, there are some people in situations that if they don't change what they're doing or change their position in life, they're not going to be well, even though it's God's will. And Hezekiah is an example of that. God was saying to Hezekiah, Hezekiah, all things being normal, if you're staying like you are, you're going to die. And he said, well, I'll just change that. <laughs> and he did. He changed his position before God. He wasn't perfect. He told the Lord he had a perfect heart. You know what it is to have a perfect heart? That means you want to do right even though you don't do it. But you read and find out he didn't do things perfect. He was far from perfect. And God was simply saying to him, in your position, you're going to die, man. Now, somebody said, well, God changed his mind. No, God didn't change his mind. See, prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes things. It was God's will for Hezekiah to live his full life out on this earth. That was God's ultimate will. But because of the position he got himself in, God said everything being normal from here on out, and you stay in that situation, you're going to die. And he changed that. Now, when he changed it, it brought him healing, see. I remember Brother Hagin telling a story about a lady that came to a camp meeting in Tulsa back several years ago, and she had decided that she's going to sit under the Word, you know, and she's going to hear the Word until Friday night, and then she's going to go get in the prayer line, and she's going to get healed. She had arthritis and had terrible problems with her joints. And he got the teaching on forgiveness and how that we ought to forgive people and how that Jesus said, if you don't forgive your brother, then your Heavenly Father won't forgive you. And she got convicted. She went across the street and she called her brother long distance. She hadn't talked to him for 20 years, apologized to him, asked him to forgive her and got it all patched up. And she decided now tonight I'll go in the prayer line and get healed. And before the prayer line ever formed, every symptom had left her body. You see, it was God's will for her to be healed, but she wasn't healed. See, she had something in her life was keeping her from the divine flow of God that would keep her from that curse. It opened the door to the curse. The curse caused it shall not come, the Bible says. Can you see that? I appreciate so much you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Our offer all this week is offer number 7507. It's a 109-page paperback book. It's called How to Avoid Tragedy and Live a Better Life. Here are some of the chapter titles. Chapter 1 is called The Destroyer. The devil is called the destroyer. The scripture says the waster was created to destroy. Now, the devil was not the devil when he was created. He was created an archangel, and he fell. Iniquity was found in him. 
Chapter number two is the tree of life and death. Scripture says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You need to find out whether you're speaking life or speaking death. There's so many people that speak, Tickle me to death, laugh the thought of die, dying to go, gone die if I don't. Now, folks, that's unscriptural talk. The Bible says, Laughter or a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So it ought to tickle you to life, not tickle you to death. You ought to laugh till you knew you'd live forever, thank God. Chapter 4 is called, Those That Oppose Themselves. If you don't get a hold of the Word of God and apply the Word of God in your life, you're opposing yourself. You're doing your own thing, and it's inviting tragedy. Chapter 5 is called, The Right Foundation. You've got to build upon the right foundation. God's Word is the foundation. Chapter 6 is wrong thinking and wrong speaking. When you think wrong, you believe wrong. When you believe wrong, you talk wrong. And when you speak wrong and talk wrong, you're going to act wrong. And you're going to do wrong things. Chapter 8 is your heart produces what you plant. The way you plant it is to say it. Jesus said, as you had faith as a seed, you would say. That's the way you plant the seed of faith. That's offer number 7507, 109 page paperback for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. Have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. That's 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Caps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.